0: Welcome to part two of our end of season review. Once again, down at the Five Rivers in Beavis Valley. Check it out for all your match day needs. An excellent pub, uh, sun, sun is shining, Clive, here to uh, dissect <laughs> the second half of the season. And uh, like we did in the first video, we'll go through uh, sort of months in, in a few blocks. Uh, so we'll start in January, Clive. We've just talked about the January transfer windows uh, in the previous video, but January's results Uh, sort of kind of continued where we sort of left off at the end of 2017 started off with a 2-1 defeat against Crystal Palace and we'll start off on a slightly positive note Shane Long in that goal got his first goal in over a year yeah and and you thought once we got ahead that game Mm. that that was vital
1: Palace's confidence was shaky at the time massive game I remember feeling devastated at the end of it thinking well a point was the least we needed really needed to beat them but you know, to lose to Palace, gave them the initiative, gave them the momentum that Hodgson had created for them. Yeah. And, and in the end, of course, they, they finished well comfortable. And, and very impressed, I am, with, with Crystal Palace, mm. to be fair. I think they've, they've, they've shown what a good attacking team that they can be. And, and I think the big problem for Saints is that other teams have caught us up. Mm. The Palace is the West Ham's. Have, have actually caught us up, and it's going to be a
0: very, very competitive league next season. Yeah, and we've we very much sleepwalked into into the relegation. Yeah, we did uh, this season. But we again, it, that, that game at the beginning of January it was another game where we failed to defend the league. Crystal Palace come from one behind, and they knock in two goals at the death.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then, and we just didn't go for it at one nil. We we sat back,
0: sat back, and then and then they they punished us. And, and we move on to the FA Cup, that the, the week after that, uh, uh, away at Craven Cottage, uh, Fulham in the FA Cup third round. Uh, a good day out. James Will Prowse uh, knocks in the winner, which was uh, in sort of the first half, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a good day out. And it, it, it,
1: gave, us, it gave the fans a lift. Mm. Hopefully, you know, you were thinking, can, go, can that give the team a lift? Can they kick on from this? Because we desperately needed just winning games of football. Mm. And, and let's be honest, Fulham,
0: as they showed for the rest of the season, very good team. And um, I very think good team. before the playoff um, semi finals and, and, and final, still to be determined. Yes. Um, I think we were the only team to beat Fulham. Yeah, they, they it,
1: did it, put a weakened team out, to yeah. be fair, that day. But you still got to beat whoever's in front of you. And, and a win is a win. Mm. And 4,000 fans behind the goal. Decent, it, great singing, mm. great support, great atmosphere. You thought, okay, can we turn the corner now?
0: Yeah, and it was
1: terrific, no.
2: ter- ter-
0: <laughs> a, ter- a terrific uh, atmosphere in the way end. So we go back uh, to Watford. We go to Watford the oh, week or so yeah. after that, and we were yeah. up too near. We're thinking, all right, we're cruising here. Yeah. Comfortable victory, surely, on the shore. But uh once again, losing from a winning position. And... Absolutely robbed from the um Abdullah yeah. decor a handball, unbelievable how uh referee and especially the Lano on the far side did not see that. And when he was closest to the play, yeah, clear
1: punch. And you saw from McCarthy's body language that that was a punch, you knew that straight away. But the linesman didn't, the referee didn't. Credit to Saints that game, the first half performance was excellent, mm. really was the best we'd seen them play for a long time. And you again, you thought after Fulham. Maybe we've turned the corner, and and just three points on the board away from home would give us so much confidence, and and get us back into you know a reasonable position. But robbed at the last, and you're thinking, oh, and and we did back off second half. We yeah. did back off. Uh, I, Watford were bound after that first half performance. Watford were bound to come at us, but then it's about continuing to have a threat. Not I expect the team to back off a little bit. But there just didn't seem to be much threat going forward
0: second half. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's perhaps the story of our scene yes. as well, the week after that. I mean, even touching again on the Decorey handball, well, that surely must have pushed the FA's hand to even consider the VAR in oh, next season. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Just incredible. And, you know, they, they forced it in the FA Cup. But um, the week after that, home draw against Tottenham. Once again conceding the lead, but we, we go ahead uh, from an own goal, and it's only a few minutes later when uh, Harry Kane was it wasn't Harry yeah, Kane no, that equalised. Yeah, the Tottenham game was probably
1: given given the fact they demolished us on Boxing Day, and and could have demolished us a lot more if they mm. put their chances away. So one all against Tottenham was I thought a great result at the time. Mm. We, we probably could have beat them, and what I was encouraged by was how we finished that game in the last twenty. We actually had a bit of a go, and and that said to me that perhaps we had turned the corner. So, round about this time, you're thinking we've had a terrible season, but we we did. There are positive signs there.
0: Yeah, and um, you know Kruger has obviously been in the press months after that that uh, he admitted that you know uh, we could have sacked him far earlier. But January we went on a bit of a, a bit of a run a un- yeah. beaten run for about four weeks. That result was followed up by a one win against uh, Watford in the FA Cup, followed by a 1-1 draw against Brighton at the end of January. Yeah, again, uh, the, well, the Watford game was a terrible, terrible game. But mm. we won it, we, sc- we scraped
1: it. They could have scored right at the death. That was the last thing both teams wanted was a replay. But again, another victory, another building of confidence. But the Brighton game, OK, Brighton have got ahead and we've pulled it back. But that's a game we had to win, yeah. given the situation. And situation.
0: at the end of January, 23 points from 25 games, we find ourselves in the bottom three. Surely they, the, the warning <laughs> signs were, were ringing, surely, for the, for the board to consider Pellegrino's future.
1: Without a doubt. I, I said many, many times that I thought the Tottenham game was his, should have been his last... Tottenham away should have been his last game. Mm. But actually, January, you know, they showed a bit of fight, had some bad luck, could have beaten Tottenham, should certainly have beaten Watford... And, and given, you know, four more points on the board, that it wouldn't have looked so bad.
0: Yeah, and we would have been, you know, rel- relatively safe and, uh, and away from the, ob- uh, the abyss from the bottom yes. three. And uh, in amongst that, of course, the January window, Guido Carigio oh. arrives on £19 million, pounds, a transfer record. Um, he was thrown in, actually, in February. I think Pellegrino kind of put it off for a week or so for him to, to, to bed into the side. Yeah,
1: to get used to his teammates mm. training and everything, that's understandable, but you you do think that when a club like Southampton spends the best part of 20 million, that a guy should be straight in the team and knocking down doors, really, mm. instead of sit, you know, instead of getting splinters, sat on the bench. So, strange one, strange one. I, I, I found the whole saga of how we left it so late in the transfer window. I know these things are difficult. I know things take time, but... I personally would have wanted Saints to go for a, an established striker that's done it before at the Premier League level.
0: It wasn't an inspired transfer, though, was it? You know, no. again, another obscure player. We're thinking, all right, we've, we, we might have hit a gem again once again, but very much uh, death by association for Guido Carrillo. You know, we're screaming, we're calling for a, a defender, a, a centre-forward that can score he's goals, gar- yeah, score goals gar- yeah. guaranteed goal scorer in the yeah. Premier League, but again, we, we gamble. Yeah, uh, from a player from Europe. Yeah, in-
1: incredible lack of planning. I, I hear the excuses. I, from from Ralph at the end of the season. I'm sorry, but the writing was on the wall. It really was, and decisions needed to be made. Okay, if they weren't made back in August before the season, when we didn't know about what was going to happen to Van Dyke, mm. although we did. Eventually, you you always knew what the final outcome was going to be, but surely things needed to be in place to strengthen the team. Given the lack of goals last season, given the fact that we were starting to leak soft goals, clear where the where the priorities was a goal scoring centre forward and an experienced centre half. It didn't happen. Mm. It didn't happen. We gambled. We gambled on a, a young lad, a young promising lad who works his socks off, but. Unfortunately, has yet to score.
0: Yeah, and, and you know the, the the record really speaks for itself uh, at the end of the uh, season. But mm. we move into February. This is when the pressure is uh, seriously mounting for Pellegrino. Mm. But as we say, we went on a little bit of a run. You know, we uh, we win at, at away at West Brom from a, a wonderful La Mina. goal goal from Lamina. La yes, a thunderbolt in yeah. the top corner. But. We go back home. We lose to Liverpool 2-0. Yeah. In, a, in a game that we never really turned up. We never really had Didn't any turn effort at all. Didn't turn up.
1: I wouldn't say there was an effort, Freddie. I think it was a lack of confidence and a lack of belief that we could even match Liverpool. But given Liverpool's run in the second half of the season, in hindsight, that's not the worst result in the world. Mm. They, they have been they have been pretty dynamic, especially like away from home, I think. But obviously, we're gutted because it's Liverpool. And... The players that they've stolen us off us over
0: the last few seasons. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know Liverpool got tremendous talent in their squad as well. You know, Salah, Firmino scored on that day, as well. but I don't think we even registered a shot on target. There was no probably one of the lowest points at that point in the it season. It felt
1: really low. That day felt really low, and you just expecting probably not to get much out of that game yeah. at the start of it. But the lack of fight, I think that's what what really gets under supporters' skins. That you don't you don't expect to go and beat Liverpool in fine, the, the
0: fine form that they were in, mm. but at least give them a game. And that's what we were so frustrated about uh, this season that we didn't didn't give them the game. So no. After after that week, you know, we, we I say we bounced back ever so slightly. We won two one in 2-1 the FA Cup fifth round out West Brom. And it was it, it was a, it was a good day out. Actually, yeah, for, yeah. Well, for, we've for we've both games. G- God, we've beaten them three
1: times in a year. <laughs> so it's fantastic from our point because we haven't got the greatest record there over the years. Yeah. Um, but but that was good and some some great goals some great goals by Yordi uh, Yordi Classy last season and, and Lamina this season so memorable and you think again when you came away from from the Hawthorns in the league game you thought again a turn a corner had been turned yeah and and you felt really positive that was a, a big game in in all the big games we at home we disappointed by drawing mm. but this this was a because you knew that. If you looked at West Brom's run of fixtures, they had a favourable run of fixtures to get out of trouble. But they just didn't kick on in, in those matches.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously they've obviously got um, a bit of talent on their side. Javi Driggers, of course, playing for West Brom. But, mm. you know, another goal that sticks out for the West Brom game in the FA Cup. A wonderful little dink from, uh, from Dusan Tannic. And actually, you know... Laid on it,
1: by Corrillo. By Corrillo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you're thinking, well, maybe he's settling in. Mm. You know, he's a, a good assist... He'd worked his socks off, and he, and he he did. I don't think it's lack of effort with Carrillo. I think it's just confidence. Well, it just never happened for him, did yeah, it? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm sure we'll speak about it a bit more as well in future videos <laughs> yeah, and past of videos, of course, as well. But, yeah. I mean, after that week, uh, it's a 1-1 it's a draw. At Burnley, uh, a oh, long, well. cold <laughs> trip to Turf Moor. Yeah. Uh, rescued by Gabbi Edini and, yeah. and as Nick well, mentioned in the previous video, that it was also sort of pushed on from Carigio as well at that, yes, b- at that time of the game. it was. They headed back across, I think, wasn't
1: it? Um, you Once, it was a horrible game. It was a horrible day. It was absolutely <laughs> bloody freezing. Um, but you're obviously, you're gutted to be 1-0 down and mm. you're thinking... Saints have been in the game, but they've not really seriously threatened until he's made the substitution. Josh Sims made a big difference that day. He, he lit up the game for Saints. We'd been, we'd been huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing and getting nowhere. And he came on and added a bit of class. His first touch was excellent. And the goal, when, when you think about it, and you, it's that point, it's only a point, Yeah. but... it's it's a little step in the right direction it turned out to be vital at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, so many times this season, drawing games, trying not to lose games, and again, sort of the the same thing repeated the next week at home to Stoke. You know, again, on paper, we're looking at this should be a game that we should win, give us a chance of actually kind of pulling away from that drop zone.
1: Yeah, well, Stoke, despite the terrible season they had, you know, sometimes defensively, they're a hard nut, To crack Mm. when they set out their their stall just to defend, and we had no confidence going forward. That was again another day when you thought we ain't getting out of this. Yeah, you know this is going to be such hard work. We desperately needed to beat Stoke that day, and as much as there was positives from beating West Brom, Stoke was a massive negative that we couldn't beat them because it, it kept them on par with us and. Going into that final bit of the season and looking at our fixtures, looking at how hard our our uh, final fixtures were, that sent alarm bells.
0: Yeah, and really. sure, sure enough, um, the next week, a trip to Newcastle, the misery was finally compounded um, yeah. to to Pellegrino, and and for me, that was that was the turning point. And and as as a host, as a presenter, you know. I try to be impartial sometimes, but that game at Newcastle, he was totally indefensible. It was impossible not to say, look, this is the time we need to pull the trigger. We absolutely needed it. Mm. And uh, Newcastle tore us apart. We made them look like Barcelona at St. James's."
1: Yeah, well, you know, Rafa's not no mug, is he? And what he's done is he's got the very, very best out of... Not the greatest set of players in the world. Certainly not the best defence, but we never actually got at them. Yeah. We never got at them, and and 3-0 was probably kind to us. Yeah. It really was. It It was a a dreadful day. Catalogue of errors
0: that day. You know, Lamina falling on his bum. Yeah. Uh, They they run away from a counter-attack, and and so many times that afternoon where you're thinking, oh, how can this get any worse? Yeah. And it did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It did. And 3-0 was, again, one thing in our favour had been the goal difference, and You're thinking, well, if it comes down to it, at the end Mm. of the day, goal difference could be important. Um, And that was a dent, three minus three. And one of our major opponents who were at the time down the bottom Mm. getting three goals... It's a big swing.
0: And it was such a bad day for the fans as well, you know, travelling up to Newcastle, the yeah. longest away trip of the season, people getting up at, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning to get the coach of buses up. Yeah. And even, you know, I think most people that I speak to have heard uh, from this game that, that, you know, they didn't, they didn't come out from a half time. They just stayed in the bar yeah. and watched it on the monitors. And, I, you know, I don't blame them. You can, you can understand it a bit. I, it's It's such a long way to go and...
1: Yeah, and then we've had a good record there over the years mm. we've, we've, and we've always made a match of it,
0: but we didn't make a match of that at all. And, uh, of course, the, the writing of, on the wall when it was finally confirmed after that game, or a day or so, or even that, that later that, late, that evening, Pellegrino was finally sacked, yes. uh, leaving us 17th from the table, precariously above the drop mm. zone. 30 games played with 28 points. Yeah, yeah, a big decision, a long time in the coming Probably two, two and a half months overdue, I mean, sadly. How, how would you summarise uh, Pellegrino's uh, time at Saints? You know, what, I think actually the guys from the Saints FC podcast, we got a clip from them, which is a very good point, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. I think he was, I think maybe we underestimate um, how difficult the job is um, and how paralysed by fear he was. And I, do, I think paralysed is, is the right word. I remember the, the first game I went to the season was the Burnley game at home. Uh, that James was just referencing, and you could see up against uh, sort of a very wily Premier League manager in Sean Dyke, he just was paralysed. And, and paralysed is a strong word to use. But if at the end of the day, if you if, if you see a situation unfolding in front of you and you do nothing to prevent it, mm. then there's no other word for it. And I think we saw it so many times this season. Crystal Palace at home, one nil up, they start to you know start to win the ball more in midfield. He just didn't change things.
3: No.
2: Um, we saw it with players. He was paralyzed. Fraser Forster was clearly not right, kept playing. Uh, Gabby Dini wasn't working that system. Charlie Austin's proven goal scorer, couldn't get a sniff. Hoiberg, mm. Danish international, ex by Munich, can't get a sniff. Uh, you, do, you do wonder. I, I think he was just, I, I just think he's like, there's no other nice way to put it. He's just massively out of his depth.
0: You can also check out that podcast in full. In the link above my head or in, the, or, in, or in below or on our playlist. But they say Pellegrino paralyzed by fear. And I think that absolutely summarizes his, his, uh, his reign at Saints this season.
1: Yeah, I think with Pellegrino, he didn't have any aura about him. Mm. When a foreign. I, I'm sure people might laugh at this, but I'm sure he's a good coach deep down as a coach. Yeah. But to be a manager in going into a dressing room full of egos. They've had Puel there, who's bored the pants off everyone. Wherever you say, oh, don't, what you wish for, but he's bored the pants off everyone. The players are looking for somebody dynamic, somebody to come in and give them some belief, somebody to come in and give them some positivity. I don't think Manuel was that, Manolo? Maurizio. Maurizio, third time (laughs) lucky. Was that man? Okay. Um, no hombre. <laughs> See. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't think he was that man, and, and I, I just think it's as simple as that. Mm. I, I don't think he had an aura about him. I think you, it's hard to go into a changing room full of ex, some experienced professionals, some youngsters, and jowl them together and get them playing positively on the pitch. Our football was full of fear. I, I get what he's saying. Our football was full of fear. We w- we got to a point, and we looked quite from back to to the penalty area. We looked really decent. Mm nothing happened after that you've got to, you've got to be positive and take it to the opposition how many times did we ever do that even when we got in the lead in in many of the games we didn't go and kill it mm. so there was there was definitely an element of fear on him i remember what's his name um the sky pundit for spanish uh, uh, gilim Guillem- Balagay, yeah. gave him an amazing cv when he when he joined and, yeah. and i was quite encouraged by that because i think that Balagay knows what he's talking about he's always talked football sense as far as I'm concerned but boy it's harder when you get in there and and you've got to go and do it yeah it's it's very difficult and
0: they say you know Pellegrino was very much a nice guy but i just say yeah. you know, there was no aura there was no there was no uh, there was no personality let's say yeah. and, and and i think perhaps it was, it was already onto a hard job because of uh, the habits and the bad habits they were put into last mm. season. Mm. You know, uh, I think, again, the boys on the podcast say that um, when they're going forward, they should always be thinking about defending. Yes. Yeah, well, this is, this is the problem, isn't it? Going backwards, 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 sideways,
1: sideways, backwards, backwards. In the home games, it wasn't quite so bad a way, but in the home games, the crowd actually got at them. Mm. I understand it. I understand the frustrations because they want to see their players at home going for the opposition, simple as. But we just went square, square, backwards, backwards, and people were getting more and more frustrated and individuals were getting targeted. Confidence was going down. Redmond got destroyed. Tarek's was crucified. You know, and and other players as well. Buffel, you know, although his attitude has been found wanting at the end of the season. Mm. But again, people were were abusing him and I kind of get the frustration, but it actually was getting worse and worse.
0: The home games were toxic. Toxic? Yeah. Yes, they were toxic. Um, one thing as well, um well, actually, I like about that clip, uh, John uh, gives his brother three more beers, please. And I think that's what we felt <laughs> about most of the time whilst uh, Pellegrino was here. We need well, to yeah. watch it through beer goggles because yeah, we were it so. got better with a few more beers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but how many times, you know, where's the midfield player to take the ball forward? ten, Just 10 metres. Just get the opposition pushed back. Get Redmond in the space. Get Tadic in the space. Simple. Football is simple. Mm. We try and analyse it to, till the cows come home. It's about being positive. And mm. I just don't think we were under
0: Mauricio. And uh, for those of you that, that do follow the podcast, that's two shots, by the way. So that Tadic, not Tadic. Uh, but shortly <laughs> after that, uh, Mark Hughes is appointed finally... Um, you know, we're after a manager with with an aura, with a personality. It was a quick decision. You know, we simply didn't have time to to dither on it and didn't have time to consider it. It had to be Mark Hughes or anybody else. I mean, the shortlist, it was Mark Hughes, it was Marcus Silva. I think Mm. Pellegrini was in there as well. Uh, It wasn't a fashionable appointment, but we needed somebody to do the job and get it done.
1: Thank God it was done quick because nothing else gets done quick, does it? Transfers never get done. And, And so it needed, it needed something. And... Mark Hughes or Silver, I was tossing a coin and I, I, I was reading all the comments on on the social media. So many people were against Silver because of his mm. uh, the way that they felt he'd dissed Watford once Everton had become interested in him. Easily influenced, I think. I guess so. He'd, he'd had a positive effect before, but then on the other hand, the whole city went down in the end. So, mm. look, we've... As history has proven,
0: we've chosen the right guy. Yeah, and um, obviously, I think it was romantic as well. Mark Hughes, obviously, yeah, part of the team. That, I that... don't find relegation <laughs> fights romantic, Freddie. Well, the appointment was romantic. Let's say, you know, it yeah, was, well, was part of the Great Escape side. Uh, yeah, it was. Sparks the revival in '99, and and, and he, you know, I,
1: I used to get quite annoyed with him because he kept getting booked that season. I think that was a record for Premier League it, season. It, it was. It was. I remember getting. But then I also remember total respect for him when it came to the real horrible bit at the end of the season. He was fantastic mm. and he came alive and he, he probably got other players playing beyond what they could play because of his experience in the game and his desire. And, and so he had those qualities as a player and obviously clearly as a manager.
0: Yeah. And we we spoke about it when um, obviously it was released. He's a winner. He he wins trophies, knows how to win. He knows the Premier League, but with eight games to go to keep us up, what are you feeling at this point?
1: (laughs) I'm looking at the fixtures and I'm thinking, how the shit are we going to (laughs) get out of this? (laughs) You know, you're doing every single, you're looking at every single game that involves your rivals. Mm -hmm. You're looking at every permutation and you just oh come on, come on, Saints! You you don't deserve to be here. You really shouldn't be in here. Are we have? Are we gonna? Is, is are we gonna have a little bit of fortune for starters? Because we've had a lot of misfortune, referees' decisions and, and the like. So are we gonna have that little bit of fortune that gives us the kick to survive somewhere? You're looking for you were looking for one result that gets everybody believing again.
0: Mm-hmm. And that brings me on perfectly to my next point. You know, Mark Mark Hughes has two weeks. It's the international break. We go to Wigan, the FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah. And that was an instant reaction from the players. And for me, actually, uh, it was a fantastic day. You know, again, another freezing cold oh, day. God, six yeah. inches of snow in Southampton. We're thinking yeah. at this point, I, I got the bus up. I think you stayed over the night as well, didn't you? No, we, we went up early in the morning. But we, the hardest thing
1: was getting out of Hampshire. Yeah. You know, you're thinking, Christ, if it's like this down here, what's it going to be like? In Wigan, but it was the other way around. And yeah. And actually, it wasn't... Although it was the most horrible day up there, freezing, freezing cold wind. Colder than Burnley? Colder than Burnley, <laughs> yeah. Colder than Oldham in 1970, whatever it was, <laughs> when it was howling at 70 miles an hour into an open terrace. But mm. yes, it was it was horrible up there. But Saints rode the storm there, I think. Mm-hmm. They, rode, they rode the Wigan storm, and we, we ended up, Again, it was a feel-good day for the fans.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, f- the first half, again, you know, you're looking at it, same the same sort of uh, habits we're mm-hmm. in. You know, Wigan actually dominated that first yeah, half thing. About kept 10 corners at our end. Yeah. But we're going at half-time, nil-nil. It's on the TV. You know, we're playing up a little bit. But Mark Hughes, I think we spoke in the stands, actually. What do you think Mark Hughes would be saying? And we, we both were in agreement. He simply has to get into the side. And, and Mark Hughes is a manager from history that gets right into the squad and... and eventually you know we come out all guns yeah. blazing in the second half and give us a day to remember yeah
1: and two two guys that have that scored that have never scored so yeah so great good good day good day for the supporters we're going to Wembley I don't agree with semi-finals at Wembley but you know it gives people a boost mm. I I know a lot of people say oh I remember saying hearing a lot of reports why do we want to stay in the cup there's only one thing important that's staying in the league but Ultimately, because we stayed in the
0: cup, that Swansea game ended up the way it did. Yeah. And again, you know, you said so, a minute or so ago, it's the the I think that was the first game that finally gave fans a little bit of belief. Yeah. You know, people belittle Wigan because they're League One side. No, no, Wigan but they beat Man City in the previous rounds.
1: You know, Wigan, I don't know how they beat Man City, but they also beat Bournemouth on, on their way. Yeah. Is it West Ham? And West Ham as well as yeah. well. So you've got to give them credit. I was impressed with Wigan, and I think I think you never know what happens behind the scenes, but I think they'll do well in
0: the championship next season. Yeah, and, then and they, they could well be challenging. Yeah, and eventually they got promoted as well. But yeah. the week after that, from all the highs in the quarter final, we're going to Wembley semi final to look forward to. But we go away to West Ham, oh, and God, I feel sorry for Matt actually, who came over from California. Yeah. his first ever, yeah. you know, Saints game. He met yeah. us, met up with us um, before and after the game, and. It was an awful, awful game. Probably the worst, even even more worse than the, than, than the Newcastle away they game. They
1: blew us away physically.
0: They absolutely blew us away physically. We,
1: we weren't at the races first half and that was it. I, I think sometimes Saints have that problem where they do try to play too much football and a team like West Ham, you know, you, you, big guys... In a in a crunch game, mm. they'd they'd had a terrible time in in the previous couple of weeks, and it was, and it was almost like an us or them game. Whoever wins this stays up. Whoever loses it has got everything to do, and exactly what we had at the end of the
0: game. Yeah. everything nothing to do. And we were in a precarious position once oh, again, my goodness, you know, looking yeah. over our shoulder. If not, yeah. we were, um, again, damaging the goal difference. Yeah, and so
1: I think at that moment, I've got a feeling we were on a. Virtually on par with Swansea. Yeah. we were f- it, the, the goal difference, the, the good positive side had been wiped out
0: almost by the two 3-0 defeats. Mm-hmm. And the West Ham fan that I spoke to before and after the match has said, you know, whoever wins this game will, will yeah. stay up. Yeah. And that was perhaps the first playoff game, let's say. Yeah. But the, the week, after, the week yeah. after that, we go to Arsenal. Uh, we are <sighs> winning. We go 1-0 up after Shane Long nicks in for the first goal ahead of yeah. Mustafi. Um, you know, a really good game for the neutral. Uh, Arsenal come back, mm. uh, well, then we come back to equalise two-two. And this, for me, the game was—that's when the f- the real first sign of when the tide started to turn. This yes, is, this is yeah, the a bit started, of fight in the team when the players yeah. start to react and, and start playing from our cues. You know, we're, yeah. we're playing Arsenal. We're thinking, you know, Arsenal obviously top-six side. We can take something from here, but yeah. perhaps let down a little bit from uh, you know errors again at the back for for their goal. We were definitely, and we oh, we
1: just. I just was so gutted that day because yeah. we deserved a point minimum and and that was again when you know it's so vital, and anything against the big guys is a bonus because you're not factoring it into your final equation, but it, it wasn't to be and and you you then you know you really are up against it if if we weren't up against it after Newcastle and West Ham you're thinking god we've played well mm-hmm. we've we've Arsenal were there for the taking, though. They had Europe that week. wasn't the strongest Arsenal team. Saints had done, played pretty well it up there the last few seasons, and, and that was gutting.
0: Yeah, and uh, we we all came away from that game, you know, absolutely devastated. Mm. Uh, mm. Considering the performance that we put in, the week after that, we come back to oh St Mary's, Christ. Chelsea. Uh, we go 2-0 up. Our first goal from Bednarek actually thrown in a baptism on fire because of Jack Stephens' red card um, against yeah. Arsenal the week before.
1: Yeah, look, we were well in command in the Chelsea game and Chelsea looked off colour. Saints had a definite increase in effort all around. Every single player was, was pulling for the team. The crowd got up for it. St Mary's sounded great again. It wasn't toxic
0: anymore but that's, then that's when the fans started to believe you know from, yeah. from, from Tuna up with goals from Talic and Bednarek yeah. this is when we thought this could be hit we could yeah, actually win massive, a game of
1: football massive massive could you be you know three points against Chelsea you wouldn't expect and you're fully in control
0: and then what happened next? Yeah, and well, what just... happens next is that, oh, I'm sure it pains us to talk about it. But once again, it's Olivier Giroud popping yeah. up with a goal against Southampton. Yeah. You know, Hazard, uh, a goal as well, uh, complete incompetence from the, from the defence, uh, failing to knock away balls in, in the penalty area. But again, another devastating game to come from uh, such a winnable position as well. Yeah, and, and that's
1: where the confidence comes in, because we hadn't won for so long other than the cup games. And it is completely about belief. You're there. You can see the finishing line and, and it gets whipped away from you and your legs go to jelly. I've, I've experienced it as a player. All right, it's amateur level, but it's still the same thing. It doesn't matter. You, you just... It's like running in quicksand mm. and you know that you've done so much in the game but you get it whipped away from you and it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible feeling and I think the biggest... The greatest thing, from Mark Hughes's point of view, is that we've come back from that. From that moment there against Chelsea, mm. you're thinking you've played so well, got so close to three points, and then, and to come back from that is is
0: fantastic. Shows a bit of character. Yeah, and we absolutely showed character, you know. Um, that was when the, the the players started to believe in themselves as well, to, yeah. be, to be in a comfortable position, but uh, just, you know, whipped away from us. But. The following week, or, um, or even the same week, because the uh, Leicester game was pushed forward to the Thursday mm. night, blazing hot. I mean, there's something weird about the weather this season.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one or the other, isn't it? But Leicester game was a bit... Again, we wanted those three points. You felt Leicester were there for the taking. Yeah. We just didn't quite go for it. Mark was going for experience. understand that. These these are horrible games in, in many ways. A bit like semi-finals, I think, but it's something. It, it's a game we couldn't lose, but we really needed to win that game. Yeah. But a point's a point, and, <clears throat> and, and it, a, a it clean sheet
0: is a clean sheet. It wasn't terminal though, was it? I mean, no, a, a point, it wasn't. A it point wasn't terminal. Wasn't just about enough to keep us in a bit of a hunt. Yeah. Um, it's a ground out point. And it wasn't. But they it, did it, put
1: the pressure on the next game.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't a classic. It, it's not going to be a game that I'll ever live long in the memory at uh, no. King Power. No no definitely not and i don't think Pua will live very long in leicester city's fans memory the way it's going sunday we moved to the fa cup semi final wembley good day out again but mm. i didn't even
1: <laughs> i didn't even realize charlie's goal i didn't realize we got so stitched up yeah with that it's it, and it was it was we at least made a game of it second half all oh, right, terrible start to the second half. First half was very unforgettable from our point of view. Yeah. Chelsea pushing, pushing, pushing and not really showing much. But second half, terrible start, but we did at least have a go back.
0: But you would have you would have gone in at half-time thinking, you know, nil nils not bad yeah. at nil nil yeah. considering the pressure that yeah. Chelsea were putting on. But as you say, you know, a minute or two into the second half, same man again, uh, Giroud dances around Giroud. our, uh, our defence and knocks yeah. it in for... Uh, for 1-0, for and and uh, actually, uh, probably two-thirds or maybe even a third of the uh, Saints support didn't see that goal because we of the long queues in the bars. Yeah, I suppose they were still downstairs, yeah.
1: Sadly, I did. Um, <laughs> wasn't was a great feeling, obviously, but
0: I thought Redmond came on and did okay yeah. in that game. He at, had an excellent shot saved by Caballero, yeah. kind of squirmed under him and got away with it. And, you know, Charlie Austin absolutely robbed from that goal. When yeah. And it it's unbelievable how they can they can rule that out. It's it's barely a brush on a goalkeeper.
1: Yeah.
0: They had a, what was it um Graham Pole in the BT van, yeah, you know, when they cut to him and they say, you know, you can't put any pressure on a goalkeeper, you can't do this, you can't touch a goalkeeper at all, you can't challenge yeah, for a goalkeeper. But he's
1: like a big club mascot, isn't he, really? I mean he was Man United's mascot for many seasons. So he's gonna side with those those teams. I've got nothing against Chelsea. I think I think they were the better team on the day, but when you see a decision like
0: that, it it really irks you. Mm. It really does. And so Marata pops up with a with a free yeah. header free once header. again. You know, so yeah. many times this season the free header, uh, and, and I think I remember Wesley Hoot ducking out of that. Maybe he got a, a tiny brush on the back on the back, and he, and he ducks out of it. And Morata. was two nil. That that's it. This game over at yeah. that
1: point. Yeah, unfortunately, the end of the cut run. The end of the dream. Uh, I fancied. Had we got through, I I really think we could have given United a very, very serious game. I think given United's stance and game at the moment, there's no reason why we couldn't have beaten them. And that that says something for the progress that's been made Mm -hmm. since Mark Hughes has been here, I think.
0: And the week following, we return to St. Mary's, Bournemouth, a 2-1 victory. Finally, we win a game at home. Um, Had we lost this game, that would have been us gone. Yeah
1: because you've got the advantage and the stadium's up, roaring. And then, you, again, you have it whipped away from you and you're freaking, oh, come on, mm. Saints, just win a game of football. And Bournemouth's Achilles heel is at the back. And just when you think they're, they're getting on top in the game, Doosan pulls that out the bag and that's what he's good at. He, he is one of our quality players, no matter how much... I've heard so many people say, oh, I never want to see him playing for Southampton again. Well, when it came to the crunch, he was the man who had the ability to put the ball in the back of the net.
0: And he's had so many critics this season. Yes, he has. he has. And two excellent goals against Bournemouth. Uh, obviously, one of them up for the uh, the goal of the season, which we'll discuss later on. But, you know, that game, the belief is finally back. It's finally his back. And, in the and
1: the raw... At the end, because the last five minutes well, was it five minutes of injury time, I don't know, perhaps mm. it was, was excruciating. Absolutely, because Saints had done enough to win the game, but obviously Bournemouth 2 1, they're going to have a go. And Alex McCarthy's made some vital saves there right at the death. And you could hear the crowd, there was, there was feeling in that crowd where there'd been nothing before. There'd been absolutely despair before. And, and, and so it's almost like we've got our team back. That roar at the end—I was down the bot I'd sort of gone down the bottom to get out quick,
0: and yeah. the roar at the end was just yeah. But probably for the first time this season, everybody was sitting in their seats at ninety yeah. minutes.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it just made you. It was so so important to give us a chance. That gave us a chance and, because, and the of, fans because, because were of what was happening well. elsewhere. The
0: fans were absolutely incredible.
1: They were, they were. They roared them home.
0: They, they they were they were really fantastic that day. So we move on to um to Everton the following week and the mm. bank holiday weekend. Oh this was this was this was heartbreaking. <laughs> yes. A ninety seventh minute yes. equalizer from uh, Tom Davis, deflect his shot and the way yeah. that it goes in as well. You know, we've had ten men in the box, it comes off the back of Wesley Hoot's uh, leg. But John Moss, he he literally plays on until Everton decide to stop attacking. Yeah, but it was our fault in
1: many ways. But let's not maybe dwell on that. Let's think about the goal we scored, which was proper quality goal. Yeah. Real quality goal. Again, a great weight of a pass from, from Dusan to, to Cedric, who bombs on down the wing. And, and and there's Redmond, the most unlikely person to score with a header,
0: mm. a, a, at the far post. Another player as well, taking a lot of criticism this Massive season. Massive
1: criticism, yeah. Mass, well, sometimes you think, <laughs> Rightly so, because uh, he has been bloody awful on, on many occasions. Mm. But you know that he, he has got ability, but we just need to see it on a more consistent level. And him to believe in himself, I think, is, is the biggest thing. And it was his first goal of the season as well at that point, yeah. uh, you know, with, yeah. with three what games goal? to go. Yeah, what, ex- what ex- excellent goal. goal. You, going into injury time, OK, Whatever it was, you still think we're in control here. Everton have shown really nothing. So really a, com-
0: limited. a couple of things in the stoppage time, though, um, leading up to the goal. Yeah, uh, we well, I think it was Silly Red- It was Redmond that was that was given against the foul. Yeah, in the, in the Everton uh, sort of defensive yeah uh, third. They move it forward ten yards. The linesman and the uh, referee oh. allow it to be played ten yards on. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, take yeah, it down the other end. Ryan yeah. Bertrand kind of hooks it upfield, He uh, sends it to Idrissa Guy and the edge of the box, and you know we know what happens next. I don't know what Ryan's doing because
1: he's made fair enough. He's made the effort to keep the ball to stop the ball running out for a throw because a long throw in from there is probably quite dangerous, mm. but. He's playing that blind. He doesn't know what's up the line. And so you go Rose Ed. You just try and get, like a rugby player almost, you try and get it down the line into touch Mm. so that you're wasting time. Kick it in the stands, Rose Ed. Takes another 10 seconds to get back and to play. And then your team can shape up. It's a. We could talk all day, (laughs) Freddie. As I said before, many times this season, if I had a cat, it would have been on the moon right then. I scared the neighbours. I was watching it at home. I apologised to my neighbours,
0: but um, and that t- was a hard moment to take. I'll tell you the truth as well, actually. I was away on my sort of holidays that weekend and I was in the yeah. supermarket, had a couple of beers in one hand, had a pizza ready for <laughs> ready, ready for the night. I, was, I had a little uh, stream on my phone in, in the beer aisle and I'm thinking, oh no, just dropping the pizza everywhere. <laughs> uh, unbelievable, yeah. heartbreaking. But the week, you know, a few days after that,
1: what well, changes.
0: We go well, to Swansea. Weird,
1: do you know what? The weird thing is, I think we were looking at the fact that those three points would have got us above Huddersfield. And you, th- you looked at Huddersfield's fixtures and you thought, they ain't going to get another point. So we actually are almost safe. If we get above Huddersfield, I know you can never rely on that, as was proven, but it didn't... Once Huddersfield got that point, it didn't really change anything. Whether we got three points at Everton or one point, it mm. came down... To having to
0: beat Swansea, yeah, and it was very much the, well, the 120 million pound <laughs> playoff, let's say it was. Gabby off the bench, yeah. Um, it was a, it was a real uh, throw the dice, to be honest, because we had no defenders left on the bench. Yeah, Bednarek comes off with a, with a, he's been punched by Alex McCarthy in in our own box. Yeah, Gabby Addini comes off the bench three minutes later. It's a <laughs> scramble around the box,
1: goal of the season,
0: <laughs> goal of the season, eventually. <laughs> But we go mad in the pub. We go mad in the uh, in in the, the Liberty. Oh, yeah. What a
1: feeling! What an absolute amazing feeling! It just it's just one of those things in life, you know. That vital goals. I can see Bobby Stokes's goal going over the in, hitting the corner of the net. I can see Gabbiadini's goal almost not in the same corner, but you know the way it hit that corner of the net. Mm. It's just that moment you encapsulate it in your mind and amazing. Yeah, because once you're ahead. That game was so tight. Very cagey game. But you're still, obviously, you're still worried. After what has happened at Everton, you're still worried. But actually, Swansea's legs this time went to jelly. Mm. And and they just couldn't really do Other than one close header, which was a foul anyway. And and McCarthy saved it. Alex saved it. But other than that, nothing. It was a very... No real threats. Very
0: nervous game. I don't think anybody wanted to make any mistakes. Yeah.
1: And the the outpouring of emotion at the end, Mm. you could see... You could see and, and Mark Hughes, who's quite a calm, you know, even as a player, yeah, he'd celebrate goals and everything like that. But he didn't celebrate like that. Mm. That that was that was great for him because, you know, he's thinking people in the game are thinking he's a failure because of what's happened at
0: Stoke and he's repaired his own professional reputation. As well as keeping us up. You know, the outpouring of emotion. Everybody, you know, that, that sees us pretty much safe. We, we more or less mm. still survive But it's the manner as well, the build-up to the game. And, yeah. the, and the dirty tricks that made this oh, well, no, uh, that so good. much more you sweeter. Know,
1: yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's almost the sort of thing that happens in Italy and Spain, isn't it? And mm. it's a great thing for Mark Hughes to use to get the players together. And and arm Spartacus type <laughs> mentality. <laughs> you know, why not? Why not? And and he did it. He so did a bit fair play to him. The first thing we've obviously would Pellegrino to... have done that? No, absolutely you not. You see, would 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 he? Because it's an understanding of of British football and, and what uh, we've talk, I've talked about Italy and Spain, but this is an understanding of British football, and mm. British um, feelings about the
0: game, tradition as well, tradition, isn't it, really, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, and the build-up to the game. You know, Swansea applying all their tricks in the book you know first of all the hotel is, is yeah. uh, were refused uh, to, to check in because yeah. of a virus outbreak yet they were allowing um, uh, regular customers to check in yeah. and use the hotel We' then since moved down to Glamorgan 20-30 miles down the road they eventually have a great night yeah. You know, uh, uh, which we'll probably revisit next season. Yeah, for Cardiff. Um, for sure, and yeah. then, obviously, as you say, you know, the, the coach is blocked for uh, checking into the uh, stadium yeah. because they've missed their allocated. Well, they're before their allocated time. They have to wait for Swansea to check in, and Mark Hughes marches the uh, the team into the stadium. Yeah, it's it's a sense of, of comrade, comrades, Comrade, Yeah,
1: camaraderie, etc. Exactly. Yeah, get get everybody together. Get everybody
0: focused. Mm. And that was his team talk written, wasn't it? You know? Yeah. They've, yeah tried all, they've, they've tried all the
1: tricks. Let's go and show them. Sometimes you just need to put on the board what, what another manager said about your team. Mm. Right, lads, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Get, what are you going to do? Seriously, you, obviously tactics need to be talked, Plans need to be put in place. But sometimes it's just little things like that that bring everybody together. And um, we were
0: together, absolutely. We were together. The
1: fans were together. It was good. As I said before in, in the previous review, uh, you did feel like Swansea were out-singing us a bit at the start, but I just felt like the team, the fans got stronger and stronger and stronger.
0: No clackers, <sighs> none at all. But there were some left in the final game. Yes, uh, Manchester City, <laughs> <laughs> Man City at home. We are pretty much safe. We needed a ten-goal swing. Yeah, uh, Swansea eventually lose to Stoke at home. You know, we all stay for the lap of appreciation as well. That's something that was totally unthinkable, you know, say six months ago whilst mm-hmm. Pellegrino was, was still in the job. Stoke go one up early in the game and you're thinking, well, if City go one up, then
1: you've got to worry. But then not really, because I think there's a, a, a new feeling about this Saints team. Mm-hmm. There's a new togetherness about the fans. The fans are on side at last. The players are, are working for each other. OK, they're, they're up against the best team in the land, maybe, one I think, one of the best teams in Europe. But there's a belief. And it was, again, my God, didn't that sum up our season? That after playing so bloody well. Yeah, 90th and, minute. And, a, a and actually, actually taking the game to City at times. Not not often, but enough to win the game. And, and then that night, no, oh, God. But there you go. That summed up the yeah. season
0: bittersweet
1: yeah bit end, sweet, it? but it was sweet because we're still there we're still fighting uh, there's a lot of repair to be done I think a lot of repair to be done m- as, as much as anything with the fans we've we've all gone thank God for that yeah but what are we looking at what are we looking at next season
0: and it uh, certainly is a uh, you know a res- rescue big. mission completed for, uh, for Mark Hughes we yeah. were up we stay up Mission uh, accomplished and, and the final standing 38 played, 36 points. Yeah, it's, a, it's seven a low wins.
1: season, isn't it? All round for points. And you think Burnley have qualified for Europe on 54. It's a low season. Mm. And they've come out, a negative goal difference is qualified for Europe, <laughs> which just unfortunately highlights the imbalance of the, the Premier League, that the mm. top teams are that much better. I think, I think the gap is becoming more and more. Mm-hmm that the top six teams are are pulling away.
0: Yeah, uh, so 36.7 wins, 15 draws, 16 losses. That concludes us for the 2017-18 season. As we say, the fans absolutely incredible for the final games mm-hmm. and, and we've, we've been sent a few clips from you guys and, and thank you very much for sending your your clips in. So we've got a few things to finish off with um, then, with, um, Clive. Best and worst moments. For me, let me start off with uh, my worst moment. Newcastle away. As we've said just a minute ago, mm. totally pathetic, lowest performance of the of the season, mm. totally indefensible, you know, impossible to be impartial at that point. And, and had we kept him, we would have been, you know, absolutely relegated. And mm. relegation suddenly became a certainty yeah. whilst we were under Pellegrino at that point. Yeah. Maybe West Ham.
1: Maybe West Ham away. I think that was, uh, that was a tough one to take because I was expecting us to turn up that day and we didn't. Mm. And <clears throat> we just got blown away. And it, that, was, that was hard to take the worst. So, what about, what about your best moment of the season? Swansea. There has to be. There, there can only be one moment that, that you cannot compete with that feeling of the goal going in and the out. And you just saw the scenes in that end.
0: Mm.
1: You know, even the bingo brigade was going mad. <laughs> the rucksacks. Rucksacks were flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs>
0: sandwiches coming out, flasks of tea. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, my, my moment of the season, it perhaps wasn't the best moment, but it was a moment nonetheless. And it was the Wigan game. You know, the, yeah. the, the journey yeah. that it took to get there through the yeah. six inches of snow, the yeah. freezing cold. And that was the first real sign of hope. Yeah. Hope was yeah. finally back. Yeah. You know, under Mark Hughes, people belittle Wigan, as we say, but it was a real first sign of hope that of things to come. Mark yeah. Hughes can galvanise and, and, and motivate this team of players that we've got. But we've got some interesting comments coming in from Chris, Darren and Mike from the best and worst moments of the season.
4: The best moment for me, I don't think anyone can argue, has to be the game against Swansea. It was a straight up playoff final. It's as simple as that. The winner is in the Premier League, the loser's in the Championship. There was no bigger game this decade, I don't think, for Southampton because, you know, both of our promotions came through getting in the automatic spots. There was no... There was no game as important, irregardless of the cup final last season, than that win against Swansea. So to win, you know, when Gabbiadini's goal went in, I don't think there was anyone in an SO postcode that wasn't jumping for joy and screaming. It was euphoric. But on the contrary, I think the worst moment of the season had to be the Newcastle defeat. There's a couple of shouts. Tom Davis's late goal really... That was one of the single... That was perhaps the single moment that left me the most speechless, but... As a, a whole moment, the Newcastle defeat was just poor. It was so, so poor. You know, we were totally spineless for the whole game. We made Newcastle no discredit and we made them look like Guardiola's Barcelona's.
5: Mark Hughes comes in bring, and turns it around. The high point has to be Gabbiadini's goal at Swansea, because I think up until that point, you know, we were starting to feel more positive. We were starting to see a positive change in the team, attitudes of players and blah, blah, blah. But when Gabby Adini put that goal in, all of a sudden it was actually, yeah, we're going to do this. We are going to do this. That was the high point for me. I went nuts. I broke my sofa.
6: Games of the season. Um, in my view, the single most important game we've had this season was West Ham away. Um, when we were absolutely shit and out of the game at half-time. Um, because it showed Mark Hughes, uh, if you didn't know already, uh, quite how bad we were. And from that point on, um, he changed the formation and we actually put together a little run of performances uh, and ultimately enough results uh, to keep us in the Premier League. So without that West Ham game, the Bournemouth game wouldn't have happened, the Swansea game wouldn't have happened and we would have got relegated without question.
7: Worst moment would have to be the second half performance against Liverpool. They just gave up. They just gave up. And had it not been for the fact I was taking a mate with me who was a Liverpool fan, I actually would have left. And I've never left before the final whistle. But it was just pretty soul-destroying to see your team just give up. Best moment, full-time away at Swansea. That was just euphoric. I bought a ticket to the St. Mary's Stadium to watch on the big screen with the curry. Average curry, great result.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Average curry, great result. I think, you know, unanimous in in the the Swansea result, the Swansea feeling, you know. Darren's broken his sofa. Everybody in SO postcode has gone mad.
1: And there's bad curry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. It was was just one of those moments in, in your... Forget how bad a season it was in, in my, my Saint's supporting career that that rates right up there yeah that rates right up because it meant something it meant so much so Gabster's done it again for yeah. you know and, and 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 the lad's had a terrible personal season, hasn't he I mean his confidence must have been on the floor mm. he's he's been bent on the bench so many times and he's the sort of guy that pops up he's got a, he's got a record for it even in a Genoese derby with um, Sampdoria, he's done it.
0: Mm. You know, he did it for us at the start of his career. And he's, you know, people say that Austin's our biggest threat in the box, mm. but Gabby didn't he? Give, him, give him an inch, inch of space. Yeah. He'll he yeah. will, he will slot that in the back of the net. And for me, he's probably one of the biggest underachievers this season.
1: He's not a hold-up player, is he? And I think that's where, when you play one up front, it's, it's very hard for him. It's only when you get, you know, when we go two up top that you can bring him into the game. And and we just haven't done that enough.
0: I think he wasn't utilised to the best of his ability. No. Uh, Much like perhaps some of the other players this season. So, under and over Achievers, Clive. I've got a few nominations for under Achiever. Fraser Forster, Cedric, Brian Bertrand, Gabby Adini and Wesley Hoot. Fraser's had a, a
1: really tough time. He got destroyed by the home crowd. I'm pretty annoyed about that, but... I understand their frustrations, but he did get destroyed by our own fans, and that hurts a bit mm-hmm. because goalkeepers, when they do something right and they get sarcastic, cheering, doesn't do anything for anyone. Uh, I think it's crap, to be honest. I don't want to be standing next to people like that, but that's the way of the modern fan, isn't it, unfortunately? Mm. Um, I thought he he was rightly replaced, probably a bit too late, to be honest, but he was rightly replaced. and. Thank God, Alex McCarthy's come in and done a fantastic job.
0: Absolutely, and um, as Nick, you said, wonder where
1: the future is for Fraser, though. Yeah, that's it. Uh, could, uh, could he come
0: back here? Because his confidence must be absolutely shot right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, completely, completely. Maybe past is new.
0: Yeah. Well, Nick said in the previous part one that fans love a scapegoat, and I think Fraser Forster took a fair share of that this season.
1: He did, he did, and it destroyed him. Mm. It destroyed him, and uh, so, it's,
0: it's sad. Out of those uh, five, who would, who would you say is the biggest underachiever? Or have you got uh, another nomination?
1: Buffel. Sofiane Buffel. Great box of tricks, but doesn't hurt the opposition. Mm. As simple as that. And and he's got a very stroppy attitude. Um, doesn't play for the team. You know he's got ability, but he's not doing it. Past his new, mm-hmm. yet again. There's a lot of new pastures.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope the MOOC hasn't run dry. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so before we get to our overachievers, we will see what you guys have had to say of your nominations for over and underachievers.
8: Last year, at the end of the season, I pointed out that Dusan Tadic was maybe the biggest disappointment for me in terms of, uh, of, of a player and how they performed under Powell. And uh, you look at the contribution he had to the team uh, under Kuman in 15-16. Uh, the team scored 59 goals and he was directly involved in either an assist or a goal uh, in 32 percent of those and i think uh, you look at that and you think that's what Tadic can do that's that should be the norm um, but the next two seasons don't really say that and so under powell that that uh, we only scored 41 goals uh, but he was only responsible or, or involved in about 20 percent which is still a significant contribution but from attacking a midfielder you would expect him to to be around there now under pellegrino it fell even more uh, and we only scored 37 goals this season, uh, so it's not the greatest. But uh, when you look at him under Hughes, we scored eight goals in eight games. Um, and he was directly responsible or involved in 37.5%. So now it's back above there uh, up what it was under Kumin, And I think... That speaks to the influence that Tadish can have on the games, the influence that Tadish can have going forward. And I know a lot of us throughout the season were kind of frustrated with him. Um, But I think there's a reason that Koeman and Puel and Pellegrino and Hughes, it doesn't matter what that system is. There's something there for him to to kind of contribute. And I think they recognize that. And I think the fact that he um, stuck with it, the fact that he's played in whatever role that the managers have asked, uh, has been fine. I think I think that is is admirable for him. Uh, but I I love the fact that Hughes gave him a little bit more freedom, a little bit more license to go forward. And I think that going forward now for the team, uh, going into next season, uh, he's going to be given a little bit more license to to do that. And I think if we, if we do that, uh, he, he is going to be absolutely kind of indispensable for us.
4: But for me, as cynical as I think I may have been about him in my season review of him that I wrote a day or two ago, for me, Manolo Gabbiadini was far and away the biggest underachievement. Uh, underachiever, I should say. Dusan Tadic was poor last campaign, I think, and we got more of the same this time around. He's underachieved, but we'd seen that side of Tadic before. With Gabbiadini, he scored, what was it, I think six in 12 in that half season after joining him from Napoli. You know, this season he played, I think, 33 games, 21 more than than the half season before, and he scored one less goal. You know, he scored one of his kind of trademark finishes if you would against West Ham and at that point we were like yes this is going to be kind of our first choice striker for this campaign when we start to kick on and it just never happened both for Southampton and for the Italian I think I'd be surprised if he wasn't moved on this summer
9: I really would and it's it's a shame Jan yeah, Bednarek he came in at the start of the season young Polish lad we thought oh he's one for the future uh he won't play much this season and then he had a rough baptism of fire when we tried three at the back versus Wolves in the Cup. Didn't really work. It was all a bit of a disaster that game. And then he disappeared back to the under-23s, what we expected. He did well when he came in against Fulham and he was out of position. I think he was playing as a full but he did well in that game. We kept a clean sheet. And then when Hughes came in and swapped to three at the back, he comes in versus Chelsea and he's been brilliant since he's come in. He scored that goal against Chelsea, which was a well-taken goal. And he's shown real quality, real dominance, leadership, passion, desire. When he got knocked out and then wanted to stay on the pitch, those are qualities that you really need in the team that we've not had enough of, really, until Hughes came in. Bednarek's looked really, really good. He's put Hoot to shame, to be honest. Hoot, I'll put him as an underachiever. Um, but Bednarek has been almost faultless i'd say
7: overachievers alex mccarthy unbelievable season arguably kept us in the premier league how he's not in the england squad I do not know Other overachiever Pierre-Emil Hoipier Massive heart Yeah he's made some mistakes But you can't really fault his contribution to the club Over the last few weeks It's just been um, outstanding And and in fact all the players have stepped up Over the last few games It's been really great to see Since Hughes has come in And transformed the squad I always thought that there was definite talent in the team Which is what's been baffling for the whole of the season To be honest with you Because on paper you look at the squad that we have And definitely we had the better quality players players in our team and it was just confusing as to why they weren't performing at the standard we know they could
0: so some good comments um from the guys that sent in our messages um some nominations for underachiever for gabby Adini uh, and some also some overachievers and probably the most obvious as well for alex mccarthy
1: yeah alex is just coming in and, and, and been really really good and confident and i think it's the fact that he comes out for crosses and he's very positive. That's given starting to build that confidence back in the defence, mm-hmm. which was so shattered before. Yeah, Fraser had a, a policy of not coming out, so the the guys knew what they were dealing with, but it it wasn't working, was it?
0: So who was your uh, your overachiever then? I I would probably say I'd probably agree with Jan Bednarek. Totally overachieved this season, albeit only sort of a few seven, games, seven or eight games. Yeah. You know. Total baptism of fire in the Chelsea game, but certainly uh, gave us a, a great impression moving forward.
1: Young lad, decent with some guts. What more do you want as a centre half? Mm. Bit of quality, obviously, but yeah, <laughs> he's he, he, he ticks a few boxes. He ticks a few. He's got guts, and and he's, he's not scared of, of approaching the situation. So hopefully, we found a a good centre-half in an area that really does need strengthening through the summer.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um,
1: I, I think as well, A uh, mention for Pierre Hoiberg, that you always look, when a team's struggling, you look at a player that still gives it everything, that still you know really cares. I thought William was like that for Chelsea the other year. When when Chelsea were awful, Will, William shone for me. And, and I think Pierre's done that. For Saints, when we've been really down in the dumps, he's still tried his heart out. And he, he gives the fans a belief, I think, of, of, of someone who's really putting it in. Again, like, like the guy said there, I'm not sure which, which one of the guys it was that said, maybe technically not, not the greatest player in the world, but his effort makes up for it. And, and you can see a player developing yeah, and getting better.
0: I, I would totally agree with that as well. You know, he's very mature... Off the pitch. Yeah, nice uh, guy. I've, know. I've met him and he's, he's
1: a genuinely nice guy and it, he's got saints at heart. Mm-hmm. He really has. And he, and he
0: does, do you know what? He, he really reacts to the fans being positive to him. Mm-hmm. So that brings me on perfectly then to our player of the season <laughs> nominations. Um, yeah. Of course, we know now that Alex McCarthy was the official winner. So uh, he's obviously one of our nominations, Alex McCarthy, alongside Pierre-Muchoyberg, and Dusan Tadic. Let's have a look at what some of you have to say uh, who is your player of the season. Player of the season then, Alex McCarthy.
9: There was no one else in contention. It had to be him. We'd grown used to Fraser Forster making goalkeeping errors every game that cost us points. And finally, we brought in Alex McCarthy in the end of December, I didn't think against Man U at Old Trafford was the right place to bring him in but he proved us wrong we kept a clean sheet that game one of our best performances under Pellegrino and since then he has been faultless honestly and we've been deep in a relegation dogfight the last few weeks and he made vital saves in game after game that basically kept us up I'm thinking the deflected shot from Fraser against Bournemouth the free kick from Baines against Everton the long shot from uh, IU against Swansea, those all made us keep points that if we hadn't got those, we could very much be in the championship right now. He basically kept us up in the end.
2: If you look at one player that made a difference, like I agree, like the team was fairly consistent, wasn't it, all year? There's no one really that came in and blew anyone away. Um, you could argue Hoiberg uh, did, but in terms of just making a difference, maybe this is the benefit of being a goalkeeper... It's McCarthy wasn't it? And also he was in such stark contrast to the man who went before him. James.
4: I'd have Hoyberg as my player of the season. Just peeps of passion. I mean he didn't he didn't really get picked that much towards the start of the season. And really once 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 they put him in the team once Pellegrino put him in the team, he showed so much that he it was very hard to not put him in the team
2: I think he got something like 10 minutes than the under Pellegrino so like in the first 11 games of the season or something ridiculous
3: yeah. so I mean I've got a different player from both of UT uh,
2: which is Di Um
3: and my argument for this is is Saints haven't had a particularly good season but in the games that we have won and ultimately the games that have got us over the line Di has been pretty influential I mean, if you take the um, game, the away game against West Brom, the home game against Everton um, in the games that have kind of ultimately kept us up at the end of the season,
0: Dusan Tadic has been a pretty key part of the games that have counted. So a couple of nominations for Alex McCarthy. I can hear some certain
1: people in Shirley screaming about Dusan Tadic. <laughs> Bless him. Um I think the first guy, um, who was the first guy? Uh, Owen. Owen Owen makes some great points about the saves that Alex made. I, I think it can only be Alex McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Some of those saves were so important. At vital times of the games, uh, you know, when the pressure's on, and, and they were, I, I like the fact that he's highlighted individual things. Crucial points in our season. Yeah, they've
0: led us to safety. There were three games that stick out to me, and actually, I had, I had the advantage of watching um, a, a tweet that the uh, Saints page put out today. And McCarthy's best saves of the season, and three of them came in in three back-to-back-to-back games. So mm. uh, a save against Bournemouth, mm. uh, sort of, they're all incredible saves. So Bournemouth, uh, a fantastic save, followed by a fantastic free kick save from Leighton Baines at Everton, yes. yeah. and then the Jordan IU shot uh, at Swansea. Yeah, I think the eye shot for me is the most impressive because that was, that was fingernails. Wasn't
1: it, it was fingernails because he's he's hit that with such pace, and yeah, you a lot of goalies are going to get to that, but to actually get strong hands to it is mm. is the key, and that's what he did. And and he moved his feet, something that unfortunately Fraser had clay feet, as we used to call it, <laughs> yeah. in, on many occasions. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, one of his strong points, Fraser, was shot stopping, but that that was a seriously top draw save that, that Swansea
0: game and at such a vital time in the game i tell you the truth my nomination was for pierre Milhoyberg. yeah because um, of oh, all, all of the um, sentiments that we've already stated yeah. you know his maturity his passion his belief he, he, he was truly fired up every time he was on the pitch
1: yeah I just I'd give him a young player because he's still relatively young. Just and, about, yeah. Just about. I'd give him young player of the year without a shadow of a doubt. But I still think Alex is, is at the sharp end. He makes a mistake. We go down. We've stayed up. Thank you, Mr. McCarthy.
0: All right. Well, congratulations, Alex McCarthy, our player of the season from the ugly inside. Right. Cheers to that, Alex. <laughs> that moves us on to uh, our goal of the season then. And we've got six nominations. Uh, the official club listed... Uh, Yoshida versus Stokes, his flying volley. Obviously, Buffal's individual incredible run against West Brom. Uh Davis's edge of the box strike against Everton in the four-one win. Lamina's thunderbolt against West Brom. Uh, Dusan Tadic's second against Bournemouth for the outside of the boot, sort of uh, edge of the box. Mm, mm. And of course, uh, Gabbiadini's goal against Swansea. I think. You know the sheer emotional value and and what it was—the sentiment was that was worth to the Saints fans. That's why it won the official uh, goal of the season.
1: It's a strange one, isn't it? When something scrambled in the six-yard box as as one goal of the season sums up the season a little bit. But as I've said before, I I would give it to Buffal for for that individual effort. I think Mm -hmm. to in that again, it was one of those horrible games, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, pouring with rain pouring with rain both teams racked with fear Mm -hmm. and he lit up a game that was that was drifting away into obscurity with with a moment of brilliance so I I think that has to be technically the goal of the season but emotionally Manolo
0: so match of the day they gave Jamie Vardy his goal of the season with his his volley over his shoulder Steptoe Steptoe was given the goal Come of the season, on. yeah. But. Uh, Dirty old man. <laughs> for those of you that are old enough to remember mm. that. Um, but Sofiane Bufal was given the Carling official Premier League goal of the season. Uh, much deserved. And um, there's a few comments uh, who uh, said Buffal was most certainly uh, goal of the season.
9: Goal of the season. It has to be Sofiane Buffal. I know Gabbiadini versus Swansea won the official award because. Saints fans boycotted Buffal. But Buffal's was just the best goal I've seen at St Mary's. I don't know how it didn't win. The technique to go from one end of the pitch to the other, running through an entire team, dribbling the ball around them, dodging them, and then getting a shot away and scoring. It... uh, (laughs) It was a real contender for Premier League goal of the season. It was by far the best goal Saints scored this season. And Gabbiadini's goal that won the competition wasn't even Gabbiadini's best goal of the season. His best goal of the season was his first against Newcastle at home, where he fashioned it out for himself, went round and then got the shot away. And Anyway, Mario Lamina's goal at West Brom was better than Gabbiadini. Oh, I don't know how Gabbiadini won. I know Buffal's a dickhead and we hate him and we're not going to see him play for Saints again, but he scored the best goal of the season. That that is pretty much undeniable.
6: Uh, Goal of the season, um, well, it has to be Buffal's goal against West Brom. What was remarkable about that goal was not only the fact that it was completely brilliant, but that it came in a game where neither Saints nor West Brom had managed to string two passes together. West Brom were a team with eight centre-backs in it, and... Saints, which is fucking dreadful that day, and Bouffal did, did what he's capable of um, on a very, very rare basis. Um, he's been bombed out by Hughes, which is interesting because it's the first manager we've had for two years who's actually had a bit of bite about him and probably won't put up with any crap. Um, the previous two managers, I'm guessing, had let Bouffal get away with whatever he wanted to get away with, but it's interesting that I don't think he ever started more than three games in a row for us Um, which for £18 million in two years is uh, just not enough. He's actually contributed less than Gaston Ramirez, um, probably contributed less than Daniel Osvaldo without headbutting anybody. Um, So, you know, players like that, whilst they have individual brilliance and you want them to do well at the end of the day, they've got to do it more often. And I think it's time to say goodbye.
1: I've got to say... I'm with you, Tom. I think people are gonna be watching that Buffel goal back. It was great. Um it was it was Maradona-esque,
2: wasn't it? Yeah. And it what was brilliant is there were so many elements to it. There was the brilliant turn where he kind of takes out two players in his own half. The slalom run, and then for me the coup de garde isn't the finish, it's the it's this brilliant moment where two lumbering West Brom defenders oh, kind this- of boink off each other like something out of the avengers yeah, it's absolutely uh, classic. like where yeah. he kind of just drops his shoulder and causes them to crash into each other and then a very cool finish you kind of spoil it with this little entitled child celebration mm. um but like yeah i think in a season which has no well very few redeeming moments that's probably the one bit you look back and go of genuine quality
0: uh, so, first thing, um, I think Owen makes a good point that the Saints fans boycotted Buffalo because of his attitude. And the thing that I love about... Um, He's not flavoured a month, is he? No, not right at all. Now. Not at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure we'll see much of him in the future. But one thing I, I like about Tom's clip as well uh, in the Saints FC podcast, that it's swooning over him. Like, <laughs> you know, it's going to live forever in Saints memory. Was it? Look, it's an important moment.
1: Three points has kept us in the Premier League. So, whichever three points you look at... It, it, w- it was a sweet moment, but um, there's been so much disappointment from the man that mm. it kind of clouds it a little bit, unfortunately, doesn't it? Mm. But uh,
0: So are we unanimous in saying that Bufal has to yeah, be the player? I, I, the player, I think the so. Of the, the, season. The, only,
1: the only thing you could say was that West Brom's defending was not clever. Mm. That's the only... If you looked at it from a purist point of view, but then he's still got to do it. He's had that... When he started the run, he's had that little bit of luck when... When he's gone forward, he could have lost the ball there and then, and that move wouldn't have happened. Mm. But he's had that little bit of luck at the start, which has opened the play up. But then you've got to go and do it. You've got to go and put the, put the dagger through the
0: heart, and he did it. Yeah, and it was, it was like a, a comedy sketch show when they crash into each other. Yeah, West <laughs> I do like that comment. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's quality. So, uh, well done to Sof- and Bufal, as Owen would say. Uh, but well done, Bufal. Um Let us know your thoughts of the goal of the season in below, or vote in the poll above our head. Who was your goal of the season? So, final thoughts then, Clive, for the season. Uh, we've got a lot of clips, <laughs> actually, to get through. Uh, so let's have a look, before we sign off, let's have a look at what a lot of you have had to say. And a big thank you for everybody for uh, for sending in your messages.
10: Hi guys, Ben Stanfield here, at Ben Stannis from Twitter, host of Total Saints podcast. Well, by the skin of our teeth, we lived to fight another year in the Premier League. It was a roller coaster of a season with a few ups, but predominantly downs. Alex McCarthy got my vote for player of the season. I thought he was fantastic when he came in goal from Christmas onwards. Despite a few questionable attitude issues, Sofian Boufal's goal at home to West Bromwich Albion was one of the best goals ever witnessed at St Mary's and got my vote for goal of the season. I should also give a shout out as well to Pierre-Emil Hojbjerg. For me, the most improved player, always given 100% when he stepped on the pitch. Mark Hughes wasn't the most inspirational choice to take over from Maurizio Pellegrino, but in the end he won me over, uniting the club, players and fans to help us get across the line. I hope he gets the job long term, I think he deserves it. It's a big summer ahead now for Les Reid, Ralph Kruger and the board at Saints, They need to show fans once more that they are ambitious to take the club forward. For me, Les Reid and the Football Operations Department have let Southampton down significantly the last couple of years and need to up their game. Ralph Kruger has spoken this week about the club learning from its mistakes. I hope that they can do that because we do need some stability at the club after the churn of managers and players the last few years. I don't think we should be looking to necessarily change the board, but I do think we need the board to change their attitude. For the moment though, we can enjoy a few weeks off, a few weeks of rest, and enjoy the summer until August comes along again, and we start the whole process once more of the emotionally, mentally, and physically draining process of being a Saints fan. Until then, up the Saints. Hi, my name's Ben
3: Stroud, and uh, I run the Archers Road End blog on on Twitter, and on Facebook, and obviously on WordPress. Um, This season has been pretty poor. To be perfectly honest, I've seen some of the worst football that I think I've ever seen since uh, our last relegation season—not uh, from the Premier League, but from uh, you know the English Championship—and um, I think that we made a, a, a huge mistake in hiring what uh, a risk-averse manager and then replace uh, in Puel, and replacing him with another risk averse manager in 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 pellegrino who seemed you know to break the squad's kind of gps system of, of attacking uh and and uh, kind of you know really mess with the players heads almost by saying well you know even when you're attacking you must be thinking about defending which is probably why so much of our play ended up stuck in midfield and 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 players were running around like they didn't know what they were doing um in addition to that they they also complained about a lack of intensity in training and like it or not uh you do have to sell good players who want to leave i think we've known i think we've seen that over the past few seasons when a player sets his mind on wanting to leave their performances drop. The quality of their performances drop. All barring Morgan Schneiderlin, who I think was an outlier in that case. Uh, they've had a detrimental effect on the squad. So yes, we we've uh, you know we didn't sell Van Dijk. Uh, it caused a lot of disruption in the squad. Meant we couldn't replace uh, him properly. And I think this season uh, there are very few positives to come out of it. But I think one positive was uh, Alex McCarthy, fantastic goalkeeper. Looking forward to a new season. I just think the board need to realise what they want to do, Um, you've got some people going oh yeah we want to challenge for Europe, then you've got other people going we're a small club, decide what we're going to do, stick to it and back back that man, I don't think Pellegrino was backed enough, we sold Van Dijk, we didn't bring in another centre half, we were desperate for some goals, we didn't bring a striker who scores goals in. I can't imagine seeing Korea next year. Um, so it'll be a few ins and outs, I reckon. Hopefully, you keep some of the stronger players. It's just got to be a whole lot better next season, eh? Well, the best, the best I'll say to the board is, look, you've got brilliant fans here. It showed it today. Okay, the fans have stuck by this club through thick and thin. They've got to sort it out. Get some players in. Give 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 Mark his contract. At the end of the day. We, 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 they just got just got to get in there and, and just not mess around with things. Don't leave it till, don't, don't leave it too late in the summer to sign players. 'Cause we've got the World Cup coming up. Sign players before the World Cup starts. They've got. I think this is, this is the this is the kick up the ass the board have needed. I mean, I mean, we, uh, I think some have got to go. Maybe we need, need a change in the board. We just need a change of attitude here. And we've got away with it this year. We've got away with it. We might not get away if we don't do something about it quick. We might not, you know. It's but we stayed up. I'm pleased we stayed up.
5: I sincerely hope it is under Mark Hughes. I sincerely hope that in the summer, the club deal with the issues in the squad. They move out the players that are uh, that have been simply not good enough, um, even though they've been a part of the Saints family for maybe a long time. You know, But this is the Premier League. It's the best league in the world. It's the richest league in the world. And if we want to stay in it, we, we cannot afford to be sentimental. If Saints sign Hughes, I'll shave my beard off. There you go.
11: Now, there's no getting away from the fact that this season's been poor... Uh, but at the end of the day, we've retained our Premier League status uh, due in large part to the introduction of Mark Hughes. Um, he really gave the players belief, and I'm hoping now that we can appoint him on a permanent basis. Um, in terms of goal of the season, uh, what would you say, Dad? Sophie and Bouffel against West Brom. The fact was, he, he scored with five minutes left, and it was c- complete brilliance. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, Obviously, Gabbiadini got the official club one, uh, but I think that was mainly due to the significance of the goal, obviously, um, meaning that we effectively beat the drop. Um, In terms of player of the season, I went for the keeper, uh, Alex McCarthy. How about you? Agreed, Alex McCarthy. The save you made against Bournemouth is what uh, turned around to give us the points to stay up. Uh, in terms of low points, uh, I would definitely say uh, the away games that we both attended, at uh, Newcastle and West Ham, two 3-0 reverses. Um, it really looked at that point that we had no hope whatsoever in staying up. Uh, the players showed no belief or passion, but thankfully we pulled it round. Um, you know, Next season, we're, we're going to renew. We'll be there in the Northern as usual. Um, supporting the team. I can only hope that the board follows our enthusiasm uh, to the club and makes good of where we are. Obviously, you know the support is there. Some wonderful stadium facilities. Um, there's no reason why we can't be, you know, reaching the heights of Europe like we did a couple of seasons ago. We shouldn't be facing relegation. We're better than that. So, at the Saints, come on, you Reds!
2: Come on, you Reds! Come on, Saints.
6: The season as a whole has been complete and utter bollocks. Um, it started badly, um, we got slightly better, and then it really went to shit around Christmas time, and the three months from January to March, which is staggeringly bad, um, horrendously bad, and how the, the king of football, Les Reed, um Could watch that happen and not do anything about it is is quite staggering uh, in my book. Uh, He eventually bought in a competent manager who got more out of the squad in seven matches than the previous two managers, to be fair, had got out of them in 18 months. And we looked something looked like something resembling a half-decent team at the end of the season. And we stayed up. The fact that we let in a goal in the 94th minute of the last game um, was a decent metaphor for the season, to be honest. It was kind of, oh well, there you go. We got away with it, big time. Um, Thank God it's over.
5: What we need to do now, we need to treat next season like it was our first season back. We need to get out there. I mean, is Hughes the answer? I don't know, he's done a fucking brilliant job. All in all, thank God the season's over. We didn't go down, skin of our teeth. And it's, it's job done. You've got to sit back. Some of them are go. I mean, there's a couple there. At least three, I think, won't be here next season. I don't think Ryan will be here. I don't think Cedars will be here. And to be honest, I think Lamina might just do one. Players that stepped up in the last seven or eight games, Hoiberg absolutely stepped up. I mean, McCarthy, I mean, there's no... They're, they're absolutely a bicep. Tadic actually stepped up. And even Redmond, I mean, I ain't as great as fan, but he stepped up. And it was lovely to see Gabby get one on Tuesday night, to be truthful, you know.
7: My talking points would be player investment. Yes, we need to invest. But let's not forget how much Everton spent last summer. And they ended up being saved and bored to death by the now-dismissed Sam Allardyce. So... Let's be careful what we wish for. But definitely we need to invest in the right players. Obviously, it wasn't the best season overall. Disappointing to see all those draws against clubs we really should have been beating. And we are very fortunate to stay up. But my biggest thought is, is Hughes that good or was Pellegrino that bad? You know, 100% Mark Hughes deserves a permanent contract. He galvanised the squad. He transformed the team into a squad that could actually believe in themselves, looked dangerous against Man City, pulled out a 1-0 win away at Swansea, which, although on paper doesn't sound that difficult, he did it. Did what we needed to do. So um, it's a good job. Alex McCarthy punched Bednarek in the face so that Gabbiudini could come on five minutes earlier than planned and score the winning goal. Perhaps that's our turn of favour from the Decore handball. Who knows?
5: OK, Saints season this year. What do I think? Well, I'm telling you now, I thought it was quite a decent season. We played some shit football, I'll give you that. However, it was exciting. We got in a great big scrap at the bottom of the table. We went to Wembley. We've done all sorts this year. Stop moaning, get on with it. You do need to buy some players, though. That's what I'm saying. But until then, I think Hughes is all right, and I think next year we've got loads to look forward to. So I'll see you all down St Mary's next year. All right, you Saints.
9: I decided not to write a review, a full review of this season on my blog, Owen the Saints blog, because I don't want to relive this season. It's been horrible to experience why would I don't want to go back and relive it. but the important thing is we take from it why it was bad and make sure that we don't repeat it next season, because I don't want to go through any of it again. We got off, and we need to now make sure that we make sure we're not in this position next year. Because we might not be so lucky. We've got a real chance to push on. So really, I don't want to look back on last season much. I mean, there are, were some good memories. FA Cup semi-final, we played crap, but it was a great day out of Wembley. And, you know, the feeling at the end of staying up, it, it was a great feeling, yes. But I'd rather be feeling that for slightly better reasons than, oh, we've just avoided an avoidable relegation. So, yeah, 2017-18, that's done now. Now we need to look ahead to next season, make sure we improve, and just let's just see some exciting football back at St Mary's. That's part of the problem. Results are one thing, but dull, no passion. I just want to see some fire, some commitment. And we've started to see that under Hughes. so come on, next season. Let's just have an exciting season. I think we've earned it. 2017-18
12: 2017-18 season review. Disastrous. Best goal of the season, Gabby Deans at Swansea. Best home game, Bournemouth. Best away game, Wigan. Worst home game, Leicester. Worst away game, West Ham. Nuff said. Best player of the season, Alex McCarthy. Worst player, chip on his shoulder, Buffal He's paid obscene amounts of money and won't warm up. Bye-bye. The disappointment of the season, uh, getting to the semi-final FA Cup and the players just didn't turn up, didn't seem interested, didn't bother. Shame, really. Best moment of the season it has got to be the uh, final whistle at Swansea. Lovely scenes. Uh, there's lessons to be learned at the club, I think, um, by the board, really. I don't know whether it's arrogance, complacency, laziness. What it is, I don't know, but hopefully going to the new season, better time next year. Thanks very much. See you in August. Bye bye.
0: All right. So some some excellent points, and and actually a big thank you again for uh, for sending all of your uh, all of your comments. So uh, a couple of points actually. Uh, Darren um, is going to pledge to shave his beard if Mark Hughes shav- uh, gets his job. Uh, Mike says uh, you know it's a good job uh, McCarthy punched Bennerick in the face so <laughs> Gabby Adini could get that winning goal. That's where the
1: fates lie, isn't it? Do you know what Saints are? A- it's a family club we've always said that and the family was torn apart this season but boy did Mark Hughes put it back together again
0: Mm.
1: and it feels like we can go forward from this and go forward positively but we all know there's a lot of hard work to be done you know it's going to be tough it's going to be tough but Mark Hughes has given us belief Mark Hughes has transformed things I, I think I'm so glad the season's over it's been a Annus oriblis, yeah, of catastrophic proportions. So to stick with the theme of the royal wedding weekend, i sod the royal wedding. <laughs> to be honest, sorry, sorry, all you royalists out there. I, was, I love England, I, you know, but that's no, you're story. right. It
0: has been an awful, awful, embarrassing. You know, as as uh, Ben said at the top of the eclipse, emotionally, physically, mentally draining season. I'm glad it is over.
1: Yeah, we we, we want something to look forward to.
0: So many st- saints have made so many strides. I've, I've said this many times.
1: Maybe we, we came back too quick. Maybe we made such strides and, and, and the expectation levels were too high. But I think the fans are realistic. I think they're genuine. Especially the away fans have been fantastic mm. on the road. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. I, I, I just like the home fans not to be so critical. Even now at the end of the season, I see people tearing the club apart. And yes, there are faults. Yes, I'm not impressed with Ralph's rant this week. Ralph's rant, that's pretty good. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, it's a lot of political rhetoric. Mm. All I want to ask is, are, have the Chinese owners borrowed the money to buy the club? What is their thoughts on investing in the club? What are we going to see? What are we going to see in terms of... You don't want to know exact figures... But you want to know that there's a future. You want to know that things can be taken forward from this point. Not survival. Don't want to go back to a 90s situation, so many strides have been made by Southampton Football Club. Mm. And, and the supporters have, have ridden it all the way along the line. They've stuck behind them, even in the depths of despair. And boy, were there some depths of despair this season. Absolutely. So I want to see some positive statements coming out of the club. It's tough to buy players. I understand that, but we all know what needs to be done, and and things need to be done this. To be honest, this week in terms of the manager, because the transfer window is open, or yeah, is, already yeah, open. The um, transfer window is open because
0: so. uh, they've changed the um, the rules now. The, the, the window is now going to close in the first day of the season. Yeah. So I would hope Saints already have targets lined up if they're not already negotiating completely because we, we clearly didn't in January,
1: that was one of the worst aspects or even last season, you know, in the August stroke September one Yeah. Um, we just hope that we can look forward positively to, to next season because after all that emotion uh, at the Swansea game and all the, the celebration and uh, uh, you know, it gives me so much heart to see the way the stadium responded, St Mary's Stadium responded to the to the Man City performance. And why can't it be like that every game? Mm. Why can't people get off their asses and sing, and 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 give it that sort of support right through the season? Because we're going to have to fight. Because I, I I do believe that a lot of clubs have caught us up. I think we we were ahead of the game a couple of years ago under Kuman and the squad that we had. I think we're going to have to do an enormous amount of hard work to get back to that, anywhere near back to that
0: situation. Yeah, this season has been a massive wake-up call, as some of them I've already said on the clips. Um, So final thoughts then for the season, Clive. Um, Long season, as we say. And I just want to thank everybody for watching this season and supporting us, Yes. Uh, sending your messages, joining us on camera, sending all your comments on social media. What have we got to do next season to make sure we are not in this situation again? I think you have to
1: get an experienced striker in. You can be rest assured of getting maybe a minimum of 15 goals. I think that's the number one target. Uh, I think you have to strengthen the back, the centre half position for sure. And obviously, depending on whether the fullbacks stay, the fullbacks that, are, that we've got are, are proper class fullbacks, some of the best in the league. If we keep them, all well and good. If we don't, we have to replace. So we've all got opinions on the game, but but that centre forward position and the centre half position—it's the spine of the team. Mm-hmm. It is so vital, and we
0: make the right choice. Yep, and uh, well, I think we'll uh, we'll conclude it f- for this season then, Clive. Yeah,
1: and, and I'd just like to say thank you to, for all the contributors. You know, and all, all the guys who, who, who go out there after the game, uh, it, it, it would be good to see. I'd like to think that this channel can progress, and that we can get some some decent debate pre-game, after games, maybe in the pub. You know, pub debates. I think that's the way forward for the, for this channel for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, thank you guys for for your for your views, and that's what the Ugly Inside's always been about: Saints fans' views. Whether it's good or bad, totally. And boy, unfiltered. we've had some bad ones, <laughs> <Yeah. this season.
0: laughs> and, and totally uncensored and unfiltered. Yeah. So, especially what was it Mike Ranty? Mike Ranty? Mike. <laughs> we love you. All right. Well, uh, of course, leave us your comments in below. And actually, uh, thank you again for for sticking with us for this marathon of an end of season review. Uh, make sure you leave us your, your comments below on anything at all this season or anything that we've, we've talked about over the last hour and a half, I guess. But uh, yeah, thanks for supporting <laughs> extra, this season. Extra time coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Maybe next week. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. big thank you for everybody for watching this season. Big thanks for everybody subscribing, watching, getting involved with the comments. Well, that's it for us this season. That is completely and, and flushed out now. Good old
1: Lee. Nick, the most successful manager in Saints history. <laughs> Manuel, Pe- oh, Mauricio, sorry, <laughs> Pellegrino. <laughs> I hope you're on a beach somewhere, mate, because we at least we at least your team stayed up, you know. Well, we are off on the holidays, and
0: we'll see you again soon. Isle of white. <laughs> <laughs>